I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. to the republic for which it stands under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. We all know it's coming and it's not going to be pretty. It's great to have storable food, but when that runs out, what are you going to do? Your best defense against the coming apocalypse is to have seeds so you can grow your own food. So I've been looking for various different seeds for the last couple of years and off the bat, almost all seed companies are the same as long as they're non-GMO, heirloom, yada, yada, but it's the following years that really concern me. So I bought a whole bunch of seeds last year. And when you get seeds, there's, there's a lot of seeds in a pack, a whole lot. You're probably not gonna use them all if you have a small garden. So you wanna make sure they last again the following year. So the best company I found for these seeds, is called Survival Essentials. And when you go on their webpage, it says, your best defense against the coming apocalypse. So, Go to survival-essentials.com, save 10% with promo code DEFIANT, and get ready because we're gonna need to eat. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't trust the food in the grocery store anymore. I don't trust it unless I can plant the seed with my own hands and watch it grow with my own eyes and know where it's coming from and feed it to my family. So survival-essentials.com, promo code DEFIANT, saves you 10%. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. 
and we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. Because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. Because I am a soldier. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. I will win. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me, for when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier.
Welcome back, everybody, to Freedom Gardens. This is Freedom Gardens number 39, Winter Wonder, and it's just me today. Heather couldn't make it. She also has this crud that's been going around. I'm finally feeling moderately better, maybe, a little bit. I uh, I made that smoothie that I played all the video of that I had Liana play, that we played on the Patriot Party podcast. It's nasty. It's, oh my God, seriously, first off, it's really freaking thick, okay? It's a whole pineapple and a lemon, turmeric, black pepper. Instead of cayenne, I used my own homemade Tabasco, ground up Tabasco pepper. <coughs> and uh, two inches of ginger and a pinch of salt. 
And yeah, it's, it's hardcore. Like it's no joke. Um, I drank half of it so far that this is actually only like half of what was in my food processor, my blender. <coughs> I drank half of it so far. It's intense. Um, two inches of ginger is no joke in any situation. Add a half a teaspoon of my Tabasco pepper. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And the pineapple and the lemon on top, it's, um, it is something else. So I'm basically having to do it a shot at a time. I see why he said drink it in 24 hours. It's literally going to take me 24 hours to drink this, like drinking a mouthful an hour or so. It's no joke, but it's okay. It's working. I hope. Maybe. I still have this nasty cough. <coughs> like everyone has this nasty cough. It's so bad. Hold on. I mean, the nastiest cough, the most intense cough. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's bringing shit up out of my lungs that I don't know. Um, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Like maybe this is a, a serious cleansing bug besides the fact that it makes you sleep for five days. Um, it's like, I'm talking like big globs of black shit coming up out of my lungs. So I guess I'll come through it stronger and healthier than ever once I come through it. So we're getting there. Slowly but surely we're getting there. So anyway, so uh, I am like a week behind in my life because I lost a week. And that was the week of Christmas because I slept through Christmas. It's okay though. Um, I was good like right up until Christmas Eve actually. And then, uh, then I was done, toasted, slept pretty much nonstop. Uh, Mick as well. He's like two days behind me. He went to work this morning though. So, uh, that's, that's good. He obviously can't drink this cause it's pineapple. It's okay. Well, I'm taking one for the team on this. So seriously, I'm not even kidding. It is. Wow, y'all. But I did get out into the gardens this morning as well, which is very exciting because it's been a minute since I got in the gardens. Um, and I got to make some antennas that I've been wanting to make for a hot minute as well. So, but first, even though Christmas is over, stop. I, uh, I wanted to start with you guys to see our Christmas lights because, you know, we've kind of been warring with the neighbor a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. So it's all good. So. Where are you? I just had you. Unfortunately, I hate it when this happens. There it is. 
just gonna load. Okay. Here you go. You guys can see our holiday lights. All right, we're coming up on the house. We finished putting lights up. All right, just about today. Staring at the neighbor. It's excellent. Excellent, excellent. Actually, more. And this one's during the day. Well, dusk. But I'm walking on this one so you can see them a little better. There's our Christmas lights, starting with the light up, changing color star tree thing on the tree. And then the lights all through here. The house. not working. And then over here, because that's the asshole's house right there. So right across from his house, look at this. Our Christmas poo smiling at his driveway. And our nine foot Christmas cock staring at his front door. Christmas. <laughs> Just a little revenge on the neighbor because he's such a dick. Love it. Anyway, so I also, man, they're carrying on something fierce out there right now. Made some antennas. And I want to kind of show you guys the progression. I made two six-foot antennas for an order that shipped out to Utah today. So, let's start here. 
All right, we are making two six foot antennas today. So I have this beautiful piece of wood here that I have mostly debarked that we're gonna sand. And I actually have these two as well. I think I'm gonna use this straight one here. So the princess tree and uh, some kind of um, myrtle. Yes, princess tree and myrtle for my two six foot antennas. All right, so now these have been sanded twice. First with an 80 grit and then with a 120 grit. This one I actually did a third time with a 220 grit as well. So now it's time to wash them and then tongue oil them. And then tomorrow we'll wrap them and ship them out. All right, so yesterday I sanded these, washed them. Now it's time to mark them and tongue oil them. And then I'll wrap them up and ship them out. All right, this is really one of my favorite types of wood to work with, this myrtle. It's so cool. I left a little of the bark on there at the bottom because the tongue oil doesn't go on the bottom. So we want to protect it a little bit more uh, with the bark. But when you take the bark off up here, I mean, look at this. That's underneath the bark. So I just wrapped it. That's just the one side. I mean, how beautiful is that? All right, flip it over. You can see the other side too. So cool. The most interesting patterns. There's like little nicks. Right there. The colors. I just love it. So that's a myrtle antenna. Now this is my other favorite wood to work with. This is a princess tree. So once it's been sanded, and then once you put the tongue oil on it, this is really cool too. It's very lightweight, but incredibly strong. And uh, has really cool patterns. Looks like, almost like a snakeskin. It's very cool. So I did get a little bit done, even though I was uh, half dead, literally. I mean, we've been, it's been bad, y'all. Down with the sickness, it is nasty, nasty. So, but then I got into the gardens this morning as well, because what do you do in the middle of winter? Seriously. I mean, it's about to start freezing again, but um, it's, I mean, it's not that cold right now. It will be. It's going to get down into the, I think, mid 30s, maybe low 40s, maybe if we're lucky. So check this out. It's freezing out here. It's okay though. 
our strawberry beds are still going. All these little fucking squirrels keep getting in here and trying to get my uh, garlic. So I may have to replant the garlic yet again. I still haven't put a cover over this, but that's okay. These strawberries will expand out all over this and garlic will come up in the middle. And then here, we have garlic already coming up. And beets, I think, turnips. I don't know. I planted something in here. The strawberries are doing well though, all through here. So, and down here, we have more beets coming. Yep, beets coming up in there. And then the potatoes. I had to put more dirt on top of the potatoes because like that, they're going a little crazy. Oh, and down there too. Yep, just starting to crest out of the dirt. So gotta put more dirt in there yet again. We're on potatoes in the middle of winter. That's nice. The cucumbers over here are still going. Right here, or zucchini, I think. We'll see, those might actually sprout in the middle of winter. Who knows? Tomatoes. I can't believe they're still alive. Okay. I picked the lemons. And those strawberries down in there. And that coffee tree is done not well at all. Either is that one, but there's still one over there that's alive. Cuban oregano is kind of frozen. This Thai basil and Cuban oregano I need to cut back and dry, but that's okay. Not bad for freezing with no cover. My salad greens are actually doing well in here. Again, that's good. And in here too. So we'll have salads here soon. Sam, that's good. Salad's coming up. Now I do still have sweet potatoes under here. I still have some sweet potato vines around here, which tells me I probably need to pick them. I need to start digging them up. Hmm. I wonder how big they are. Like, But I'm really going to have to dig for those. So, you know what? I'm going to leave them for a bit. We'll see. It's not that cold. Hmm. There are sweet potatoes under here, though. I have to start digging in here soon. I wonder what kind of mushrooms these are. Gonna have to find out. And I don't know where the video went of the back. Oh, maybe this is it. Let's see. Let's see if I have that one in here. I may not. Oh. 
Yes, I do. Okay. Going through the gardens. That should be, there we go. All right, here we go. Now the back garden, the winter garden with the 25 foot electroculture antenna. All right, in the back. Uh, beets in here, doing well. This parsley is insane. I picked some for dinner last night. It was really good actually. It's still huge and fresh. And this little bit of Cuban oregano is still flying in here. Check that out. And actually doing okay down there too. Craziness. And I have, I think I put salad greens in there. Yeah, salad greens coming up in there. So, some oregano peeking down in there. That's fine. Then, all these strawberries are expanding. I've got more beets in here. Okay, all coming up. Nothing like midwinter planting. These strawberries. This whole thing is going to be strawberries here soon. Look at that. That's all strawberries under there. This is all expanding. All strawberries through here. That's very nice. This whole thing. It's just gonna be strawberries all over, all the way down through here. I'm okay with that. That I've got to pull and reuse the dirt. Probably that one too, I'll throw it in the potatoes. And my blueberry, I'm gonna cut back. Rosemary, I'm going to cut back and dry. I did plant potatoes in here somewhere underneath and I just got to throw more crap on top of them in here so it's doing okay yep so here's the back mm. a couple limes still left oh three of them so pretty fallow but the strawberries are going crazy. I like it. Now, when I lived in Colorado, I had this amazing house. It was so cool. Um, we rented, obviously, because we were, well, it was even before I was with Mick and I was young and dumb and broke as fuck. But uh, we rented this really, really cool house in Longmont, Colorado. And the owners had hand-carved the gate, like all this, all this beautiful woodwork all around the porch and this big wide front porch and, you know, stairwell walkway down the center. And then on either side of the walkway, going all the way down the length of the front porch were two huge strawberry beds, huge strawberry beds. And I've had nothing but difficulty growing strawberries here in the South because it's, too hot, honestly. Strawberries are really like a winter crop. In Colorado, when it wasn't that really that hot, I mean, they'd grow all summer, you know, and then they'd die back a little bit in the winter, but then they'd just come back bigger and better than ever. That's kind of what I'm hoping the strawberry patch is going to do. There are some strawberries actually 
blooming there right now, like coming up, growing. I'm getting strawberries right now. And hopefully come early spring, February, March, I'll get a ton of strawberries all through there because we love strawberries. I used to have an old Springer Spaniel. Um, well, he was young then, but uh, he would fight me for the strawberries. We'd go out in the front and we'd go pick strawberries and he'd grab a whole mouthful and I'd try and grab as many as I could before he ate them, before he ate the rest of them. It was great. So this I keep Annie and Seamus out of, but uh, they do love strawberries too. So, and they're really good for you. They're so high in vitamin C. So if you live someplace in the, the North, grow strawberries. It's really hard in the South. Anyway, moving on to more of my winter crops right now. All right. Winter roses, love it. Uh, broccoli, cauliflower, one or the other in here. Doing okay? This one is doing exceptionally well. Look at that. That is beautiful. That's doing awesome right there. So, get something out of that shortly. Then, all of our herbs. Dill, parsley, oregano, basil. Everything's come up in here, but especially the dill, which we have to pick and dry. And this is all dill. That's some serious dill right there. Look at that root. Serious dill. Then, aloe, yarrow, still doing okay, even though it's cold and it doesn't like the cold. My love edge, that'll come back year after year, actually. It's fine. So, the herb pots in the front, not doing too bad considering that it's freezing cold outside. They're not doing badly at all. So I was really planning, hoping in the last week to get through the herb gardens and cut back the herbs and dry stuff. And it just didn't happen. We were sick in bed. That was it. Just didn't happen. Oh, well. Nick said, I'm excited to try strawberries and Carolina pineberries with my electroculture rod. I can grow them, but they've always been small. Wait till you see this. And yeah, they're going to be huge, huge, huge. All right. So here we are in the pepper garden. And it's still going strong. This is craziness. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm blown away by this right now. So I'm going to pick some more peppers here because, you know, why not? Now the chickens have been getting in here and getting to some of these, but there's still plenty left. I mean, there's still a ton of Tabascos. And now that these have stopped growing and have turned, so they're not as big, that's fine. Little Tabascos. But the ghost peppers are really what blows me away right now. 
so all of these up in here those are all ghost peppers we're about to pick a ton of ghost peppers I'll show you when we're done all right so I actually cut this back pretty significantly. As you can tell, it's still huge, but you can actually almost walk through here now. Cut a lot of this back and uh, cut a lot of the ghost pepper back too. See, down here. So when you over want to overwinter it, you cut it actually just over the Y. The overwinter peppers, you cut them just over the Y. Now this one is still growing still really has a nice good crop coming up here that's still really green some of these are actually still growing so I'm gonna leave that side alone so I'm just kind of half overwintering the peppers right now we're starting the process but the younger the pepper the hotter it is so these green ghost peppers are honestly probably among the hottest peppers on the planet. Those, there's a lot. The chickens ate about half my habaneros, little shits. But there's still a whole bunch on here. There's still a whole huge habanero tree. And over here, with a huge crop yet on it that the birds didn't get to. So I'm going to wait for those to turn just a little bit before I pick them. Probably three or four more days and then uh, I'll pull those. Nothing like pulling hot peppers in the beginning of the new year. Literally. That's insane. And this is insane to me. But I'm cutting things back. So as there's no peppers left on it cut it back all the way and my green peppers they're quite done so we got to overwinter these so again just over the Y cut cut down Ooh, look at that there's still pepper on there that's okay not going anymore going in the pepper box And then this goes on the composters and the chickens eat it. Next. Just over the Y. Down there. I think there's no peppers on that one. Nope. Over to the composter. This one, now this Y is like way down here. You see him? We're gonna cut him here. Yeah, all right. Whew. Oh, and there's a big pepper on there. Cage. No, it's heavy. All right, this guy. 
have an itty bitty pepper on there. Take him. Again, just over the Y. 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 Done. Next. that actually had new growth on it. I mean, it was flowering. Too bad. It's January. Or almost. You're getting cut back. Seriously. actually there's one down down low huh that one doesn't have a Y I mean it kind of does but not really I guess we're getting cut there we'll see he may or may not survive February. you there are you done? There. Then this one. All right. Our peppers, the green peppers, are overwintered. See how they do. Because seriously, it's almost January. Y'all don't understand. Like, I gotta show you this. This is just, this is wild. These are the ghost peppers that I harvested the other day. Not today. This is the other day. Okay. I have giant, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I have probably three dozen ghost peppers. All right. And a handful of Carolina reapers. The Carolina reaper is the hottest pepper on the planet. The ghost pepper is the second hottest pepper on the planet. Okay. Then, and I have some, some Tabascos down here still too. All right. All right. Tabascos. So ghost peppers out the wazoo. So many ghost, I, like I, what, what do I do with all these ghost peppers? Seriously. What do I do with all these ghost peppers? 
I'm going to dehydrate them. Probably vacuum seal them. Save them for, I don't know. Because then this is what I picked today. Some of these green ones you can't see because the green's green. That's just regular pepper. Regular pepper. Regular pepper. Yeah. Uh, a couple habaneros. Maybe a reaper or two. And here's a reaper. But all these orange and yellow and green ghost peppers. That's a habanero. I can tell the difference because the habanero is uh, smoother and waxier, where the ghost pepper is more wrinkled. Even when it's fresh, it's more wrinkled. So, and then more Tabascos, yellow, white, and red orange Tabascos, then I know what to do with. Tabascos, I can always figure out stuff to do with. We use them in our food like constantly. But there's so many still, and there's still more on the on the tree. But I mean, so many peppers. So many peppers. Yeah. That's a lot of peppers. Um So first off, I make uh, four pepper spice or three pepper spice, depending. So I take the Tabascos and I dehydrate them. Um, Tabascos, habaneros, jalapenos in the spring. I didn't get any jalapenos this fall. Um, and uh, ghost pepper. And I dehydrate them and I grind them down. It's mostly Tabasco, but there's probably one ghost pepper per hundred Tabascos in my pepper spice. And I dehydrate them and then I grind them up in a coffee grinder into just into dust basically. And I mix it with uh, salt, Himalayan sea salt, half and half. And we put that stuff on everything, everything. It's replaced basically almost any other spice. I mean, we put that three or four pepper spice on everything. So this is probably going to be the hottest batch of three pepper spice that I've ever made. Because like I said, the younger the pepper, the hotter it is. Of course, they are get they do get sweeter in the fall with the cold. All right. That cold snap brings in brings in the a nice little touch of sweetness to it. Still hot as all get out, but just a little touch of sweetness to it. So mix it up here. We can't plant until May or June. I plant potatoes, garlic, shallots, and onions on Good Friday, but can't get the rest in the dirt. Yep. And I'm planting now, still. I plant continuously. Plant all year round. So if you can't plant outside, plant inside. Start seedlings inside. Start tomatoes. One of our listeners sent me a, a whole bunch of seeds. Pretty sure grown with electroculture. It's very cool because in our arrow gardens now, I planted regular arrow garden tomatoes. And then I planted the ones that our listener sent. 
and the ones that the listener sent are six times easy, bigger than the the other ones. And they're already getting tomatoes in 42 days. 42 days. I got tomatoes coming up on my plants. In 40 days from seed, tomatoes on my plants. And that's from seeds that came from something grown with electroculture. They're not even currently grown with electroculture inside. But that's the seeds grown from electroculture. 40 days, I'm getting tomatoes. Chocolate cherry tomatoes too. And they're no joke. They are so freaking delicious. I can't wait. I can't wait for them to ripen in a week and then I can start eating them. But when do you get flowers on tomato plants? In 40 days. Only when you use electroculture. No joke. Electrofreedom.com. It's every single time it blows me away. It's incredible. But... What do we do with all of that sauce? Well, first, we're going to make ghost pepper sauce. So let's learn how to make ghost pepper hot sauce. You want to stay warm in the middle of winter? This will warm you up. Uh, Nick said, uh, I'll definitely get some started. Will natural light do it or should I use grow lights? It depends on how much natural light you get. If you got a good big window, skylights, whatnot, if you get plenty of natural light, use the natural light. Um, if, you know, if the sun doesn't come out, I mean, I'd have grow lights as a backup. I have grow lights actually on my counter um, with the arrow garden because the tomatoes grow so much bigger than the arrow garden really fast. But I have enough of lot natural light in my kitchen right now and it's not been really overcast. It's been really sunny. So I've just let the natural light go. Um, if it starts getting really overcast, then I'll turn on the grow lights. But for now, the natural light's fine. So it just depends on what you need, what you have. Anyway, let's learn how to make some ghost pepper hot sauce. That was a mistake. One of the most exciting things about moving to Tennessee was growing things in a hotter climate, specifically spicy peppers. I have always been obsessed with extremely spicy food and that was accentuated living in Asia. So today we're gonna make some hot sauce. This video is brought to you by Squarespace. First things first, just gonna get some little gubbies. These are ghost peppers that I grew in my garden here. And we're just basically gonna take off the tops and you know, get rid of a couple of seeds. I'm wearing gloves because this will literally, they're so spicy, they will burn your skin. Uh, pro tip, always keep a little compost bucket there so you don't have to make a whole bunch of trips to the trash can. We are going to just basically top these and then put them into the food processor. This is probably one of the easiest fermented foods that you could make. I actually maced myself the last time that I made fermented hot sauce and it was quite horrible, but I wanted some milk to pour in my eyes because they were literally being burned off. Uh, but Adam only, he didn't want to waste any, so he only brought me a teaspoon and I uh, went blind. So the ghost peppers are going to add a ton of spice, but to actually just like give it a little bit more body and oomph, I'm gonna use a bunch of these jalapenos because we have them. Gives us a little bit of extra meat to work with there. 
we'll uh, put in some garlic. I'm putting the peppers and the ginger into the food processor so I can take off the gloves and then prepare the rest of the stuff. You can also do this in a blender if you don't have a food processor. Um, but if you don't have a food processor, you should uh, start looking on Marketplace or anywhere that you can get one used. I just made a huge mistake. Oh, no. Well, peel some ginger to put in there. I'm actually not super fastidious with my peeling anyway, because really it's time consuming and it's really not going to hurt that much if it gets in there. This hot sauce is going to be so spicy, you're not going to be able to eat it anyway. So no real reason to try to make it yummy. Anytime I'm in the kitchen, another pro tip, I think about how long whatever it is that I'm doing is going to take. And I think about other tasks that I could do simultaneously. So I've got some chicken stock. Then I was doing a little prep for some pasta sauce or some pizza sauce that I'm making here. Two great projects to have going in the background because they don't need any attention. Pretty much anything in this is complete arbitrary uh, amounts too, I should mention. Put those in there. We need a little salt, a little sugar. Whew, oh my gosh. Process it down until it kind of is chopped up scientifically. Whew. Oh my gosh. Good night. Give that a wide berth, girth, something. I said that this is probably one of the easiest fermentations you can do because literally all we're going to do now is put it into this bowl, cover the bowl, and then just stir it every day. I wonder if this is going to melt my glove. I want to make sure that this is kind of like pressed down. We don't want tons of air pockets. That's now a chemical hazard. Here's the finishing touch for our hot sauce. Then put it in a cool, dark place. And now we put her to bed for a few days. Well, one day and then we're we'll stir it tomorrow. Be good. Don't spill. After stirring the pepper paste every day or so for the last week, it is finally ready to taste test. If I like it, then we're gonna just bottle it up. And before I put my life in danger, if you're enjoying my content, make sure that you subscribe, click the notifications, like, comment, share it with your friends. Ooh, it's actually, should have learned my lesson about that the last time. You just wanna stir it and kind of fold it. Generally, you taste the ferment to see how it's going uh, each day. But like, I have been afraid to taste it because I know the way that it feels when I smell it. So I can't imagine that putting it in my mouth is a very good idea, but um, here goes nothing. It's like burning my eyes just by putting the spoon close to my face. That's that enjoyable. <coughs> Everything's fine. It's very yummy and not at all spicy. My spice tolerance has not been challenged. <clears throat> and it's delicious. So <clears throat> I'll just put that. <clears throat> when I first got a job at um, a restaurant when I was 13, one of the cooks thought it would be funny to um, give me a spoonful of habanero flakes. And this feels like that. It's not actually a poignant memory. It's just that I'm crying because of the pepper. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine.
It's delicious. Totally edible, no problem. Use that recipe every time. Excuse me for just a quick minute. I'm very tough, all right? I'm very tough. It's very, it's not spicy and I'm fine. Don't judge me. Let me just tell you, fermented hot sauce and ice cream is a great combination. I'm going to put some of this just in a jar to be spooned upon um, some unsuspecting victims food, aside from being <clears throat> slightly akin to hellfire. Um, does have a nice flavor, but this one I'm going to turn into actual hot sauce. So we're just gonna add in some white wine vinegar and then we'll blend that into a nice little sauce. Great, great, great. That just is a treat for the nostrils. <laughs> if you're looking for the recipe for this fermented hot sauce, maybe with a few less uh, pepper seeds and ghost peppers included, or maybe with this exact amount, make sure you head on over to my Squarespace website to check that out. I've been using Squarespace to host my website since 2012 when I started my business. If you have a portfolio of your work that you would like to show potential clients, or if you have your own hottest hot sauce recipe that you'd like to share with the world, Squarespace is a fantastic place to do that. It is All right, I don't care about your ad for Squarespace now. Y'all, that girl almost died right there. Seriously. Yeah, the whole I went blind got my attention too. Holy shit. That's these. What do I do with these? And not just those. But then all of these too. This whole big bowl is full of peppers. Hot peppers. Anyway. Holy shit. Um, understand when I dehydrate the peppers... Like even when we, uh, when I put them in the grinder then to make them down into the four pepper spice, you can't come in the kitchen for like an hour because it's so, just the air in there is so hot. The air is so spicy. Yeah. And always wear gloves. Always, always wear gloves. Yeah. Anyway. Um, So I'm gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna make some ghost pepper hot sauce. I made some habanero hot sauce in the spring. I still have it bottled in my refrigerator. Uh, I gave some to our friend Zion. He said, "I thought you liked me. I didn't know you were trying to kill me." And that's just the habanero. That's not even close to the ghost pepper. So. Although they are grown right next to each other. So. Geographically close. Anyway. Um, let's move on to learning how to make Tabasco sauce. Because even after I picked a whole nother... 600 Tabascos this morning. I'm not even kidding y'all. 600 Tabascos this morning. I still have a half a tree full of fucking Tabascos. So. But like I said, that three or four pepper spice, depending on what peppers I have, is a staple in our kitchen. So let's learn 
some different homemade Tabasco sauce. It's 20 times hotter than jalapenos. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Living Traditions Homestead. Well, today I'm working with the Tabasco peppers. These are such fantastic peppers. I only grow them maybe once every three years or so because a little goes a long, long way. So last video, Kevin talked with you about these Tabasco peppers just briefly and said that this year I'm going to be making more Tabasco sauce. And would you all like to watch and find out how I make it? And overwhelmingly, you all said yes, you'd like to come along in the process of making Tabasco sauce. So today I'm starting that process. I'm actually just going to be harvesting some today because it's a beautiful day. It is hot. Um, I have other things to do today as well. But tomorrow it's going to be rainy and it will be a perfect day to be in the kitchen making some Tabasco sauce. The other thing is there is a special super spicy vinegar that a lot of you like. I think it's called like Louisiana pepper sauce or something like that. And it uses these yellow Tabasco peppers versus the red Tabasco peppers. So we're also gonna be making that in this video. So I hope you stick around for both of them. Now there are two ways to make Tabasco sauce, not fermented and fermented. And I'm gonna take you through the process of both in this video. So you essentially get three videos in one today. It's your special day. But right now we need to get started harvesting these peppers. I just wanna show you how gorgeous they are. I give you some tips about how to be careful when you're picking these because they're super, super, super spicy. Now, before we get started harvesting, let's just take a moment to admire how beautiful these Tabasco peppers are and how gorgeous the plants are. These are almost like Christmas trees with Christmas lights on them. And look at all these different colors. They start off, they actually really start off green and then they turn this yellow color and then they turn this orange color and then a little bit darker red. And then when they're completely ripe, they're this dark red. Isn't that gorgeous? Oh my gosh. Now, when you're harvesting these, please take some safety precautions. Bring out some gloves or some, uh, some work gloves or something because there is a good chance when you pop these off of here, they're gonna separate from the stems. And then a little tiny piece of the pepper juice is going to come out and oh my gosh you guys it's so spicy you don't want to get that on your skin and rub it in your eyes or you know rub your mouth or something so let's put on some gloves so that we can be safe. I like to just use these kind of kitchen gloves to do this because I can still feel what I'm doing versus um, garden gloves or work gloves that you just don't have a whole lot of teeny tiny dexterity. Okay, so let's start picking some of these. Now for the Tabasco sauce that we're gonna be making, we want the peppers that are 100% red, like are the reddest of the red on the plants because they are the most ripe and they're gonna make a beautiful color Tabasco sauce. And so that's what we're looking for. So when you're, when you're harvesting these red ones that are ripe, they will just pop right off their little bitty stem right there. Let me see if I can show you that. Watch that, watch. just like that. That's how you're going to harvest those. That way there's a lot less work in the kitchen to make the Tabasco sauce. You don't have to take these off in the kitchen, just take them off right on 
the branch. Now, see when I took that off there, it peeled a little way. It peeled away a little bit, and that is why you are wearing gloves because that stuff is hot in there. Okay. All right. So wear your gloves. We're gonna take a bunch of these, as many as we can that are super ripe, and maybe a couple that are just aren't quite ripe, but we're gonna try to get just the ripe ones. Now, the one thing that I have to say about uh, these Tabasco peppers is that they take a long time to grow. And they take a long time to mature. Uh, so I'm really glad that we have a, a really long growing season. And if you don't really have a long growing season and you want to try Tabasco peppers, I very much suggest that you start your seeds early indoors so that they're pretty big when you're planting them in the ground. And that way you are increasing the chance and the likelihood that you're going to have peppers that are going to grow and ripen um, in time for you to make Tabasco sauce before the frost comes and uh, really destroys your plants. Well, I got a, quite a few peppers on this first batch. They look pretty awesome. I would say probably six or eight cups worth. Just look at how gorgeous they are. Golly. Oh, I can't wait to make some great Tabasco sauce with these, but we're not done yet. We've got more things to pick. I also brought out with me some scissors because we're gonna make that spicy pepper vinegar sauce that so many people like, and we need the green or the, really the yellow peppers. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna snip off quite a few of these yellow Tabasco peppers right above the cap of you know the stem area so that we don't really have any of the stem in there you can see what that looks like so we're going to cut those peppers with no stem just right above the cap there well i think we have all the peppers we need for the tabasco and the pepper vinegar so we're going to take these inside the house. So tomorrow morning after chores, we'll meet back in the kitchen. We'll make some amazing Tabasco sauce and pepper vinegar. Okay, it is officially Tabasco day. We're going to be working on three different things today. We're going to be making a traditional Tabasco sauce, a fermented Tabasco sauce, and then that Louisiana Tabasco pepper vinegar that you find on the table at your favorite restaurants, we're going to be making that. Now, I do have all of these gorgeous Tabasco peppers in from the garden, all the red ones, all the yellowish green ones, and these are what we're going to be using today. After you see all three of these recipes, you're going to wonder why you have not made this before. And next year, you're gonna be growing your own Tabasco peppers so that you can make these awesome recipes because you're never gonna to wanna to buy it from the grocery store again. Now we're gonna get started. I do wanna tell you that today was supposed to be super rainy, but it ended up not being rainy at all, but it is super windy. So I'm very glad that I got all of these uh, peppers harvested yesterday so we didn't have to deal with the wind out there in the garden. Okay, these are super simple. You're gonna wonder why you haven't been making these all along, so let's get started. Okay, we are gonna be starting on the traditional recipe first, and what we need to do is weigh out some of these gorgeous red Tabasco peppers. Now, I'm just using a pretty simple, relatively inexpensive uh, scale here from Walmart. It's the 
biggest loser scale. And we are gonna be measuring out five ounces of these red Tabasco peppers. Looks good. Next up, we need to measure out some vinegar. I am using white wine vinegar. It's not a super expensive kind, just the kind that you can get from Walmart. Um, you can use white vinegar as well, but I think that the white wine vinegar gives such a nice flavor. So we're just going to measure out one cup or eight ounces of white wine vinegar. Okay, now we're just gonna pour these peppers into a small sauce pot and we're just gonna pour over the vinegar. I'm gonna put this on the stovetop. Aren't those just the most gorgeous color? Okay, we're gonna turn the heat on. Okay, we don't necessarily need to stir these the whole time. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna let this come up to a boil. As soon as it's at a boil, we're gonna turn it down to the lowest setting, put a, a cover on it and let it simmer for 15 minutes. Well, these have finished simmering, so I'm just gonna move them off of the heat. We're gonna let these cool down a little bit before we go forward into making the sauce itself. While it is cooling, let's get ready to start the fermented Tabasco sauce recipe. This part is gonna start off very similarly to what we did before. We're going to measure out five ounces of Tabasco peppers. And we're gonna put them into just a wide mouth pint sized jar. About that much. Okay, now we need to make the brine. Brine is basically salt water. I'm gonna be creating a brine with two cups of water and one tablespoon of salt. Now this water is non-chlorinated water and that is very important. And I am using pink Himalayan salt. It's not important that you use pink Himalayan salt, but I choose this because it's less processed and it has a lot of the natural minerals that salt normally has in it before they process it all and take it out. Okay, so one tablespoon of pink Himalayan salt. I'm gonna mix that up until it dissolves. The brine from the pink Himalayan salt, you can see it stays pink. And it doesn't quite get as clear as some of the other more processed salts because a lot of those minerals just stay inside of there. So now that that is dissolved, I'm just gonna pour this brine into the jar of peppers until it's just above the peppers. Oh, they're rising up, so that's good enough for now. We're fermenting these peppers, so we need to have those peppers stay down in the brine. They can't float up to the top or they'll get moldy. 
I'm gonna add just a little bit more of that brine, and then I'm gonna add a weight on top to make sure that the peppers stay down in the brine. Now there are a couple different types of glass weights that you can get. These that are flat and smooth on the top, or these that have a little handle. See, like that. And I prefer these just because they're easier to get on and off. So I'm gonna put that down on top of the peppers to hold them down. There you go. Now we need some kind of top on here and you can just put a standard top on here, but this is gonna create um, bubbles and it's gonna need to be burped um, every couple days so it doesn't explode. There are a couple options that I like so that I don't have to unscrew it every couple days and burp it. There is a company called Mason Tops that uses these kind of rubber um, tops that have um, kind of an X slit in the top right there. And that lets the air out and no air or bacteria inside of there. They work with a standard canning um, rim just like that or ring. And you put it on top like that, screw it down, and that's all you need to do. No burping necessary. These work very well. But my preference these days are lids like this. You would see them um, a lot in like, you know, if you're making wine and things like that, this has a top that comes on and off and a piece inside of here. You put a little bit of water down there, that piece in there, and it creates really like a one-way valve where air can get out, bloop, bloop, bloop through the water, but it can't get back down in there. I'm going to put some water in there. These days I'm preferring these lids because I just really feel like there's no opportunity for um, contamination down in there. It just goes on the top just like that. Set it on your counter, let it do its thing, and every once in a while you'll see the bubbles go bloop, bloop, bloop. After two weeks, it's done. So getting the peppers fermented is really just as easy as that. Put them in a jar, fill them up with salt water, and put a top on there so that the gas can escape. Now, like I said, you'll want this to sit on your countertop at least a week, definitely two weeks is gonna be better. And really the longer you have it on your countertop, the more kind of subtle and subdued the flavors are gonna be. And uh, it might just not have as much of a bite. I have found that the spiciness does go down a little bit when you ferment, but not a whole lot. And it's definitely not gonna go away entirely. A lot of people really like the flavor of fermented foods. Some people really don't. So try both ways and see which one you like the best. Okay, let's put this on the counter and go back to the cooling Tabasco peppers so we can blend those up and get them into some amazing sauce. Okay, we've got our peppers in here. They're still a little steamy, but not as hot as before. Okay, so we are going to carefully just pour these into a blender. Any old blender will do. This blender I'm using is a Ninja. I just got it from Walmart, it's nothing special. In the past, you may have seen me use a different kind of blender called a Vitamix, and that would work well in this situation also. The difference between a Vitamix and this type of a blender is that this blender is gonna leave behind most of the seeds and some of the skin, whereas a Vitamix would blend those all up so that it's like complete liquid. It would include and incorporate those seeds and skin into your Tabasco sauce, 
and it's really just a preference which one you would like. Today I decided to use the blender um, because I think that more of you will have just a standard blender than a Vitamix and I just want this to apply to everybody. But if you do have a Vitamix, give it a try. Maybe you'll like it. The end product will be thicker than this end product. Okay, let's put this on and get it blending up. We are gonna pour this through just a, a sieve here. And uh, to help this through, I'm just going to kind of stir this around and scrape my spatula along the bottom of the sieve. It really helps push that sauce through there. You can see that coming down out of there. What we are left with is this amazing sauce. Well, our Tabasco sauce is pretty much finished. The thing is, right now it's really thick. It's thicker than Tabasco sauce would be that you would buy at the grocery store. And it's thicker than I can put in our little Tabasco jar. So I'm just gonna thin it a tiny little bit so that it is just kind of more pourable or drippable out of this um, container here, out of this jar. So I'm gonna add and thin it out with a little bit of the white wine vinegar that we use to make this. This is not an exact science. If you like it thick like this, just use it as it is. Thin it to whatever you would like. So I'm just gonna add a couple tablespoons, mix it around, see what it looks like, and see if I think I can pour it into my jar. Now, at some point in recent history, I did have a teeny tiny funnel, but it has disappeared. So I am going to try my very, very best to pour this Tabasco sauce into this jar. It may make a terrible mess. Well, it looks like my hands were steady enough to fill up this little jar. And I have some extra, I probably have enough to fill at least half, maybe another full jar. I'll have to hunt around to see if I can find another one. So that is the traditional Tabasco sauce. So what about the Tabasco sauce with the fermented peppers? Well, it's pretty much just the same thing. You'll use all of the peppers and you can either use one cup of vinegar or you can substitute some of the vinegar for some of the brine that's left over. So you'll have maybe 50% vinegar, 50% brine. Blend it up, strain it, and put it in a jar, just like this. 
Now, if you don't boil it like we did before, there will still be some of the fermentation action um, going on. So if you don't want to uh, destroy some of those good beneficial bacteria and stuff from the fermenting process, you'll want to number one, keep it in the refrigerator because that will slow the fermentation process. But also you'll want to burp it every once in a while to make sure it doesn't explode in your refrigerator. But otherwise, the same process for the fermented peppers after they've been in here for at least a week or two, maybe more. Now, both the traditional Tabasco sauce and the fermented Tabasco sauce can stay in the refrigerator for a long, long time. It could probably stay on the counter too, but I just prefer it in the refrigerator. I don't know how many months, but a long, long time in the refrigerator. Just look for mold. If it has mold on it, throw it away. So what if you have made a giant batch of Tabasco sauce, like cups and cups and cups of it. Can you can it? Yes, you can can it. In fact, several years ago when I first planted Tabasco peppers, I made lots and lots of Tabasco sauce. I think I ended up canning 10 or 12 um, half pints or like jelly jars worth of Tabasco sauce, which is why I haven't had to make it since then. So when you're canning it, you can use a standard water bath canning method Fill your jars up to a half inch above the rim of the jar and process that in a water bath canner for 10 minutes. Then you have it probably for years. So we've done the traditional Tabasco sauce and the fermented Tabasco sauce. There's one last thing that I promised you we were going to do, and that is that Louisiana Tabasco pepper vinegar. Also, very simple. Now remember out in the garden, we picked some of these greenish, yellow, not quite ripe Tabasco peppers. And we're gonna turn that into that amazing, uh, hot, spicy vinegar that you find in some of the restaurants on the table. It really is just as easy as you would think. How would you make that? Basically, we're gonna put these peppers in a fun jar or a fun bottle like this and fill it up with vinegar. One little trick that I'm going to do with some of these peppers so that we can get as much of the pepper flavor into the vinegar is I am going to take a fork and I'm going to poke holes in each one of these peppers. That way the vinegar can really infuse with that greenish yellowish Tabasco pepper flavor and it will be ready to use even that much faster. It's really just as easy as filling kind of a decorative jar with these peppers and filling them with vinegar. Now that it's all filled up with peppers, we just need to add white vinegar. Now this pepper vinegar is gonna take quite a while to get nice and spicy. I would probably wait about a month, maybe six weeks. But you can try it in between and see if it's getting hot enough. But the longer you leave it in here, the better it's gonna be. Now, while you're using it, 
just leave the peppers right in there. You can just pour a little bit as you need it. And I would say that you could at least refill this one time with vinegar and get just as much flavor out of it the second round. Now this can also be stored you know, on the counter, but I recommend once you get down into the peppers, you might want to stick it in their fridge just to make sure that no molding happens. You guys are going to love this hot pepper vinegar. Well, guys, that was easy enough to do three awesome spicy pepper sauces. Now, I want to remind you that Tabasco seeds can be found from Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company. The year of plenty tops that I'm preferring this year uh, you can find out more about those in our Amazon shop. Plus these Mason top kind of rubber ones are also uh, in our Amazon shop if you want to take a look at that. I hope if you don't have Tabasco peppers in the garden this year, you consider planting them next year because they are fun to grow and they make amazing sauce. You guys. I could not agree more. But what she said about they take a long time to grow. Now, if y'all have been watching Freedom Gardens since... I planted my Tabasco pepper back in February, March, last March, a year ago, right? It was about this big, no joke. Um, Cause I'd started it from seed here. And now it's nine feet tall, every single branch. I just, I got half of it back and there's still, I mean, I've gotten thousands and thousands and thousands off of that one, well, I'm sorry, two, two Tabasco plants that I basically planted next to each other. And so it's just one huge, I mean, two huge trees just grown into each other. Um, and that's because of the electroculture, right? It's in the inside, right at the, the tightest part of the Fibonacci sequence in which I placed my electroculture antennas. Um, uh, Nathan and Todd over on X. Todd, yes, I do have videos from the past on how to make electroculture antennas. Um, it's really super easy. If you live in a place where the ground freezes significantly in the winter, then you want to wrap your antennas clockwise. So when you're holding it with the base on in your right hand, um, you're going to spin the antenna away from you as you twine the copper around it. If you live in a place like I do where it, the ground does not freeze appreciably, then you do it counterclockwise. So you spin the antenna towards you as you wind the copper around it. Really, that's it's that easy. Take a piece of natural wood, get some copper wire, um, anywhere between 12 and 16 gauge, 12 gauge for the really big ones, uh, just because it you know helps hold them up because it's 12 gauge, anything more than that, you're just asking for thieves. Uh, 16 gauge is generally what I use for most of, almost all of them in my garden. It's easy to work with. So uh, yes, but I am also in the process of putting together a presentation for the Vegetable Gardening Summit for 2022 or 2024, 2024. Um, that'll be out in February. So I will be presenting at the 2024 uh, Southern Vegetable Gardening Summit, I think it's called, something like that. Anyway, but um, I'll be pulling clips from over the past year so that you guys can see how things have grown, how to make electroculture antennas, um, a little presentation on what is electroculture and 
how it works and all that. So I'll be putting that together here in a bit. And I'll post the link for the Vegetable Summit on uh, the Gardening Summit, both on X and Telegram, all our social media on the website, yada, yada. So, and that is electrofreedom.com. So if you're in a place where you really, you want to try electroculture, um, but you don't have access to natural wood or you don't, you know, you don't want to buy copper in bulk or whatever it is, go to electrofreedom.com. I'll make them for you. I got plenty of them. So i um, happy to ship them over to you. And uh, our goal really is to get everyone to grow their own food. I'm not trying to make you broke, go broke doing it because part of the point of growing your own food is that you can get rid of your grocery bill. So if you can get rid of your grocery bill, but I'm charging you an arm and a leg to learn how to do it, then what's the point of that? Anyway, so I'm just trying to help people grow their own food as nutritiously and inexpensively as possible. So I do not price my antennas to break the bank. Um, they're all handcrafted, made from organic wood that I grow here on my property. I cut them to size. I go a little further than you probably have to if you make your own antennas just because I'm producing and selling a product. But uh, so I will sand it twice to make sure it's nice and smooth and there's no, you know, splinters or anything like that. Um, I mark it as to indicate how far it needs to go into the soil. I put a uh, drill a hole at the top and the bottom to secure the copper and wind it, you know, hand wind it based on your location and uh, include an additional coil of copper at the top. So I combine two different types of electroculture, not just the antenna, but also the Luigi coil at the top and uh, ship them out. So for basically as inexpensively as I can possibly sell them to you. So electrofreedom.com, check it out. Uh, Nathan, in Texas, you want to go counterclockwise. So anyway, but I'm really excited now about, I had no idea what to do with all my yellow Tabascos. I had no idea that's what they used to make that spicy vinegar that I freaking love. So, um, I was sitting here going through my bowl of peppers as I'm watching that video and going, I mean, I have tons and tons and, and still out on the tree is mostly all yellow and green peppers. So maybe I'll put some uh, spicy pepper vinegar on the website as well. What do y'all think? We'll see. With the four pepper spice, three pepper spice. So, but use electroculture to grow your food because it grows so fast. I've literally been, we've been eating Tabasco peppers off the plant since I planted it in February. I think we've been eating peppers off of it since April, maybe May. I mean, they it, it grew fast. They sprouted peppers fast and they have just continually grown pretty much nonstop. And they're still growing now coming up on January. I mean, I know I live in the South, but it's already frozen at least once. So... But before we go, we do have to tribute Justin, even though it's 
probably not a good idea for me to smoke, but that's okay. I've smoked so little in the past week, I don't even know who I am right now. Y'all know that's like, keeps me alive. Um, yeah, next, all right, I'm, I'm getting ideas here on what to do with the ghost peppers as weapons. Uh, Nick said you could make some mace for future use. She was kidding, but I'm not. Um, that's an excellent idea. If I just straight dehydrate those ghost peppers, yeah, and then put them in like paintball pearls, um, you know, you can, holy, can you imagine getting shot in the face with just a straight up ghost pepper ball? That's some pretty insane uh, self-defense capabilities coming out of my garden. Hmm. Shoot him out of a potato gun? Man. That would be, uh, I mean, you could literally, you, you could probably blind someone easily. So, you don't always have to shoot someone with lead to get them to stop. Shoot him with some ghost pepper powder. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right. So, all right. Oh, now I have to go back to finding. There we go. For Justin. I'm not kidding one bit either, Nix. I'm really not. That's that's a kick-ass idea. Seriously. Think about that. Hot pepper. Super hot pepper. I mean, I, this chick, which her voice was, I'm sorry, y'all. A little grating. Um, she said those Tabasco peppers are really hot. They're really not. I mean, they're not that hot. We eat Tabascos all the time. They're not that hot. They're, you know, actually, let me look it up because I did have it. I was looking it up yesterday. The difference between uh, Tabasco and cayenne, there's very little. So a Tabasco pepper is um, <laughs> on the pepper scale between 30,000 to 50,000 Scoville heat units. Okay. So uh, it considered medium heat. All right. 30,000 to 50,000 for Tabasco. Ghost peppers Ghost pepper is between 855,000 to 1,040,000 on the Scoville heat scale. Tabasco is 40,000 and ghost pepper is a freaking over a million on the Scoville scale. All right? Over a million. So like a habanero is around, is between 100,000 to 350,000. And it depends on 
how old the pepper is. Okay. So habaneros, 100,000 to 350,000. Ghost pepper, 1.4 million. I'm sorry, 1.04 million. Yeah. Okay. You ready for the Carolina Reaper? Carolina Reaper goes from 1.4 million to 2.2 million on the Scoville scale. It was the hottest pepper in the world and just until October of this year when Pepper X dethroned it, apparently. Never heard of Pepper X, but we're not going to try that one. Uh, 1.4, somewhere between 1.4 and 2.2 million on the Scoville scale. So at that point, like, what's the fucking point, honestly? I don't even know. At that point, you can kill someone with ghost peppers. We're Carolina Reapers. Just saying. Maybe not kill them. Disable them. Yeah. <laughs> Nick said, if I ever, she ever comes this way, I'm contacting you. A state 50 miles, 10 miles, and a block ahead. Absolutely. That's an excellent idea. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, Reapers. Reapers insane. Mm -hmm. We're going to make some ghost pepper bombs, bullets. We only have a handful of Reapers. You only need a handful of Reapers. Um, but I have bowls full of ghost peppers. Still over a million on the Scoville scale. Get that shit in your eyes. See how well that goes over. Good stuff. Anyway, let's uh, do our Justin tribute and then I'm going to get out of here. I know I've only been on for not even two hours, but still not 100%. And I'm still trying to catch up from the week that I stayed in bed. So here we go. You want to get high? I do. Lindsay said I just hold the person down and squeeze the juice into their eyes. There's not really juice in it, though. And they do dehydrate pretty quickly. Good stuff. And this whole time, I've been trying to figure out what to make for dinner, too. It ain't going to be ghost peppers, though. <coughs> mm. I can't believe that the Carolina Reaper is no longer the hottest pepper in the world. For a decade, from November of 2013 until October of this year, 
Yep. But the one thing that that the lady said over and over again, wear gloves when you're handling ghost peppers. Now, I can pick Tabascos off the tree all day long without gloves. It doesn't bother me at all. Again, 30,000, 50,000 on the Scoville scale. That's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, they're super juicy, too. Those, tab- those Tabascos are beautiful. But when I went and picked the ghost peppers, I cut them. I did not pick them. I cut them. So. Because uh, you don't, you don't want to touch them. So. I mean, I'll run them through my fingers a little bit here. But. Uh-uh. uh They're no joke. But I guess I'll be making some Tabasco sauce because that was really, really easy. And the vinegar. And I actually have fermenting lids as well and weights and all that, whatever. So we'll try all three because I have this big pepper harvest. Maybe I'll ferment some ghost peppers. She did say the heat went down, right? Ferment some ghost peppers. We can do that. That'll work. Anyway. All right, y'all. So I think that's it for me today. I hope y'all uh, learned a bit. That you have a happy, safe New Year's Eve. Um, Mick and I will we'll be on tomorrow night for New Year's Eve from starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, carrying out the new year in style and our style, doing whatever the fuck we want, because why not? We are going to do um, predictions for 2024. Moda, whipping out Moda for predictions for 2024. Starting at 9 p.m. Eastern tomorrow for True Spiracy for New Year's Eve. And we will go straight through midnight avocado time. So 3 a.m. Eastern. Um, so we'll we'll be on all night tomorrow. 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. at least. Why not? And then uh, I don't think we're going to do a show on Monday though. So, But I will do a potentially a good book Monday morning. Whatever time I get up. Monday. So. I hope you all join us tomorrow night for our New Year's Eve gala blowout apocalypse predictions. It's going to be fun. Until then, again, go to electrofreedom.com, save 20% with promo code Wolfpack. Start growing your food with electroculture, y'all. Because one of the predictions, I'll tell you right now, one of my predictions for 2024 
is going to be a uh, decimation of the local food supply. When the power goes out, your grocery store only has three days worth of food for any given community. How much food do you have? How long will you survive? Do you grow your own food? 40 days from seed to fruit with electroculture. 40 days. So green beans, the size of your hand, 40 days from seed to fruit with electroculture. No joke. So that's it for me, y'all. I hope you have a wonderful, happy new year. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. I don't want to act too high and mighty because tomorrow I may fall down on my face. Lord, thank you for sunshine. Thank you for rain. Thank you for joy. Thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Thank you for sunshine. Thank you for rain. Thank you for joy. Thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Sometimes life is